0: And Merry
1: Christmas Actually, I have another intro Can I try it out? Yes, go Happy Holidays Is what terrorists say Merry Christmas From everyone here at X-Rated I
0: am one of your hosts Though I don't know if I want to say my name (laughs) Now
1: uh, Ryan Whedon And I'm Matt Fisher It's Christmas It is Christmas Christmas Day It's
0: Christmas Day You, you there on the street, what day is it?
1: Uh, it's November 27th, sir.
0: (laughs) What's that? Bah, Humbug! Shutter my windows. I'll just let that cripple boy be crippled longer. (laughs) Dump my chamber pot on his head.
1: I think my British went Australian. (laughs) Yeah, the same. Yeah. Same thing. Australia's just the Florida of England.
0: Yeah, it's more America than America in some ways. (laughs)
1: With their chaz wazers and their didgeridoos and their melinda gilgachugs (laughs) just as american as apple pie they're like kangaroos but they're reptiles they is poe buddies
0: nerfed in australia (laughs) that's for sure what do you do for christmas i guess i should ask i mean used i used to go back and visit my family back in colorado Uh, have a winter wonderland situation Mm -hmm. but I've kind of realized I don't really like hanging out with them during the holidays because it's too hectic I don't actually get to see them we're all wrapping presents and doing holiday junk where it's just like I don't know I don't get to hang out with them so I like to hang out with them outside of that
1: these days I just enjoy the day off and don't do anything Mm. are you like me are are you like a, a cultural Christian where like you'll still like decorate or like wrap presents or sometimes get a tree not normally but this year we got a tree when
0: did you get a tree? We actually bought it the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> 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 wow. It was Somebody's Tim's... feeling Yuley. <laughs> it was Tim's birthday. He wanted to get a tree. I said, whatever you want to do, it's your birthday. Hot tip, go to the Goodwill to buy your uh, Christmas decorations. Because they had a whole section and we bought a ton of ornaments for our tree for
1: around seven dollars oh wow it was like nothing i can spare that yeah i spent 857 on milkshakes i think i can spend uh (laughs) seven bucks on christmas decorations you know where they get you though the tree stand oh yeah (laughs) yeah it was that was more than the decorations and the lights Wow, it was more than seven dollars yeah wow so it was more than someone making the federal minimum wage makes in an hour
0: (laughs) yeah this is like two hours of their life of their of their livelihood.
1: <laughs> oh man! Just to buy something sometimes I to make a joke a and I just end up crying.
0: <laughs> You'll notice I cut that from the last
1: episode because <laughs> it was too depressing. <laughs> uh, how about yourself? I usually have some form of Christmas lights hanging up year round. I don't right now because the last ones I had burnt out. But I find that white Christmas lights give me the perfect mood lighting for my, like, day-to-day activities. Oh, yeah. Uh, real flattering. Yeah, it's it's real flattering. You know, right now, like, I have, like, all the lights on because I feel like it's funny to, like, have a conversation with someone in the dark. Yeah. Uh, so I make it nice and bright and shiny in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sizzling you hear is my skin. <laughs> but by and large, I kind of like just the soft ambient light that either candles give or that christmas lights give yeah agreed that's my favorite part about this time of year i know a lot of people think that it's like tacky for like a 32 year old to like light their place with christmas lights but like i don't love them hoes like <laughs> i'm just you know I, i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm i'm trying to what's you do you me be me <laughs> sure um, yolo yolo you live only once. <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoy the cultural aspects of Christmas. Mm-hmm.
0: Like Return of the Living
1: Dead? I Yeah. I might not watch that this year just because I'm not totally, like, ensconced in Christmas culture. I don't know. It's not. I'm not inundated with it the same way. So if I'm going to give up a tradition, I guess it, it just, it it feels like it might be right this time around.
0: Dan O'Bannon just rolled over <laughs> in his grave of the future.
1: Isn't he actually dead? Oh, is he dead? I think he's actually dead. Oh, that was bad taste. Well, you know, if he's rolling over, maybe that mean might mean that he's a zombie and he'll Yay, fulfill his life goal. Yeah, he's probably very happy. <laughs> but no, I, like, I, f- for me... Christmas is an American holiday. It has no religious connotations to it whatsoever. Yeah. I have never gone to a Christmas mass or anything in my life. Like, to me, Christmas is, like, a tree and presents and, like, getting together with family. And, like, that's the end of it. Like, never have I celebrated the birth of baby Jesus. Mm -mm. Uh, Same here. And I'm fine with that. You know, uh... Like, I have Jewish friends that celebrate Christmas. Like, they, and they view it the same way. Like, they view it as, like, an American holiday, not a, you know, Christian, Catholic, whatever holiday. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sort of on board with celebrating Christmas. Yeah. I still say happy
0: holidays just because seems, uh, the appropriate thing to do these days. Yeah. However, uh, in the proper company, I'll throw a Merry Christmas around, even though I also am not religious.
1: Yeah. No, as, like, a, a, pretty staunch atheists like us still say Merry Christmas. Once again, it's divorced from any sense of religion. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. People just need to get over that. Yeah. All holidays matter. <laughs> oh dear. Oh,
0: <laughs> I'm just going to steer this <laughs> car off a cliff here and, and ask you what you've been, uh,
1: what else you've been watching this, this time around. Um, well, being the holidays and all, I had a lot of time off, really Excellent. put my feet up, mm-hmm. uh, watched a bunch of movies. Um, one that I watched after listening to the podcast Large Marge sent us, binge listening to, to some archive episodes. Oh, yeah. I went back and watched uh, Adam's Family. Oh. I like it more now than I did as a kid. It's I I,
0: I recently, I've mentioned this, rewatched Adam's Family Values, um, and it held up
1: way better than I remember. So I remember liking the second one a lot as a kid, Mm -hmm. but I think because I could get on board with the, like the idea of murder, (laughs) (laughs) like the Black Widow aspect of Adam's Family Values. Like I, for some reason, like I understood that. Sure. The sort of scheme that they try and like cook up, like the embezzlement scheme or whatever in the first one, like for some reason, like never stuck with me. Mm. Like, and I couldn't really figure out why, like they put it in the movie at all. Uh, and I watch the movie now. I'm like, uh, the scheme part is definitely like the least entertaining part of the movie. Yeah. But like overall, it's a lot of fun, and I think I really did enjoy it more as an adult than as a kid. There's a part where Wednesday, played by Christina Ricci, mm-hmm. she's strapping her brother Pugsley into an electric chair. Pugsley, sit in the chair. Why? So we can play a game. What game? It's called, Is There a God? And it's like, it just has this really dark humor to it that, for whatever reason, tickles me to no end. Even though, like, it's the same setup and punchline for every joke, it's always like, they're doing something, like, mischievous or malevolent or, like, you know. Macabre. Yeah, (laughs) and it's always, like, the the punchline is always, like, oh, this is normal or we encourage this or something, you know. Yeah. It's the same gag over and over again in that movie, but I love it. Did you watch anything? I did. I had the opportunity to
0: see a movie at the Central Cinema, mm, mm-hmm. which uh, it's. we're so lucky to have that place here in town. It's just this tiny little theater that runs the second run movies, and uh, you can get food and drinks while the movie's playing. They do fun stuff. Before and after and they have like a fun little intermission and it's just, it's great. We're really lucky to have it. But I saw the Philadelphia
1: story. I've never seen it. Which I n- cannot believe. It's so good. I'm too busy watching the 2013 remake of Maniac several <laughs> times.
0: <laughs> it is an unqualified classic and for good reason. Hmm. It's a lot of fun. It it starts out with um, sort of what I what you think is going to be a farce where there's like a uh, Dustin
1: Hoffman's in a dress, <laughs>
0: yeah, looking just like Catherine Hepburn, and uh, you think that they're gonna try and like be keeping up this you know fake thing that they've set up, but then it almost like ten minutes later just completely cuts that out, and then and that's not what the movie's about at all, which huh. is really nice. It turns into just this kind of sweet romantic comedy. Uh, Everybody gets drunk, like really, really drunk, which is kind of fun. Jimmy Stewart's great at acting drunk, by the way. Huh, okay. um, it's just fun. It's really snappy dialogue. The fashion is bonkers. Really? Just yeah. bananas. The things that Catherine... There's one scene where Catherine Hepburn is dressed in this weird stripy blouse, and then she's got this little hat. It kind of makes her look like an elf. It's bizarre. Um, but, the. I mean, it's just all of it. It's from 1940, and just unqualified classic tons of fun light and breezy it's a i don't know an hour and 40 minutes that just flies right by
1: yeah okay had you seen it before
0: i had seen it before never on the big screen but it was nice to watch it with people and see people laughing Mm -hmm. um and i laughed i laughed out loud too it's just funny it's smart well acted well written quality hollywood
1: (laughs) yeah i mean that's always one like i think that even may be on the AFI like top one hundred, probably. Yeah. Uh, but I also think it's one of Roger Ebert's great films, mm. and yeah, it's just always one that I don't know. With classics, I'm like, they're not going anywhere. Yeah, I'll watch it anytime. But yeah, you know, sometimes when you actually take the time to watch those, you're like, this is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. There's a reason why this is a classic. Yeah,
0: it was all it was part of a, it was part of a double feature with Alien. I don't know if that makes
1: my story more interesting or not, <laughs> but. Did they try and tenuously uh, uh, link the two movies with some sort of theme? Uh, A la me with uh, (laughs) Tootsie and Pulp Fiction. Unfortunately, Lynn Thigpen was
0: nowhere to be seen in either of these movies.
1: Are you ready to talk about our Christmas movie? The only way that I think we could reasonably call this a Christmas movie is if we call it Force Merger. <laughs> There's snow and skiing. I mean when you picked this for your, your, your Christmas movie uh, last week, I was frankincensed by it. <laughs> well, I'm curious
0: to see how you felt about this time, but um I picked Force Major. It's a Swedish movie from 2014 about a family who experiences a faux avalanche and will never be the same again.
1: So what made you want to choose this for your Christmas movie?
0: Well, honestly, my reasons for choosing it was because it involves family and snow.
1: So when you go home to Colorado... Mm -hmm. Are your Christmases like this? (laughs) No. No. I mean... Are they emotionally like this? (laughs) Maybe a little bit. Is someone crying outside their hotel room door at their broken masculinity? Fake crying.
0: (laughs) Yes. Actually, my my Christmas is more like the weird sweaty bro party that was going on (laughs) with just everyone's shirtless and throwing the hyper masculinity going on yeah that's okay. more that's more what it's like nowadays anyway <laughs> so basically all that happens is that there's this this family that's on a vacation or a swedish family on vacation in france on a ski vacation they're up in this the middle of this tall mountain and uh they're they have five days to just ski and have a lovely time, but on the second day, there's a controlled avalanche that starts heading towards them while they're eating lunch on this outdoor patio. Is that a lavin, or? Yes, it's the one to control it. There are such huge it safe? Yes, 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 they know what they're doing. Papa! Papa! and as it's coming forward everyone on the patio kind of starts to panic Dad runs away and then the mom is really pissed because she's like, you should have helped me take care of the kids. It's just like, there's a, a natural, almost like a natural disaster moment that kind of brings out uh, interesting parts and in people that they all didn't know that they had.
1: In the spectrum of of knowns and unknowns, like, isn't that like an unknown unknown? Like, how are you going to react in an avalanche? Like, yeah. it's not even a situation that you plan for. And so, like, You don't even know how you're going to react in a situation that you can't really plan for.
0: Yeah. And then it just sort of explores that. It really digs into it as to uh, what would you do in that situation?
1: So it's been a while since I initially saw this. But when you brought it up last week, my recollection of it was that that he didn't act heroically enough. And that was the problem. Yeah. And then I watch it now, I'm like, oh, he ran away. Like, he fucking left his wife and kids at that table and bolted. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. But with his phone. He brought his phone. And his gloves. And his gloves. Like, (laughs) they remarked that he grabbed his phone and his gloves and he ran away. And watching it, I was like, oh, no, that's got to sting. Yeah. Like, that's got to sting, like, on all fronts (laughs) that... Because, yeah, I thought, like, initially I was like, oh, he, like, hides under the table or, like, he just, like, doesn't, like, come to the rescue for, like, his family. I'm like, oh, no, he's a goddamn coward. Yeah. I want to
0: say, just before we get too far into this, I had a similar moment where the stakes were lower a few years ago. This was when uh, me and my current partner were just had just started dating. <laughs> and we were sitting in his apartment, which is on the first floor, was on the first floor. And... This was right after a shooting. had happened very close to his apartment. Hmm. And so I heard what I thought were gunshots <laughs> and immediately ran to the bathroom and jumped in the tub.
1: In the tub? In the tub. In the
0: tub. And uh, realizing, you know, shortly after that, no, it was just fireworks that people were lighting off outside on the street it was a real eye opener for me because it was like, oh, that's who I am in a in a panic moment. I didn't throw myself on Tim. I just sort of panicked and ran to the as far away from the window as possible. So, I kind of sympathize with the dad a little bit in this situation, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if it excuses him so much or I also see the mom side of this, too.
1: While I've never been in a shootout or avalanche, I'm really fairly confident that in the event of a shootout, I would be gunned down because I wouldn't go anywhere. <laughs> like, that avalanche would just cover me because I think, like, oh, you're I'll just... just put my arms up and that'll protect me. While secretly in
0: your subconscious, you're like, oh, the sweet release of death. <laughs> <laughs> You really identify with the dad? A tiny bit. I mean, really? well, just more more from the standpoint that, like, ooh, I've been in a similar situation where uh, I thought my life was or my, uh, you know, well-being was in danger. And I just panicked and ran rather than, you know, become a hero. Everyone likes to think they're going to be a hero. Uh, but I think when actually faced with those circumstances, most people would
1: just run. Talking to someone who got their dog from a breeder, I am not a hero. (laughs) Uh, So I have no foolhardy notions of that. But I don't know if I'd jump to protect. Well, actually, when I was watching this, I was thinking, like, you know, we live in in Seattle. Mm -hmm. There's always talk of, like, threat of, like, big earthquakes because we're, like, right on the Pacific Rim. Mm -hmm. And I'm always thinking about, like, okay, if an earthquake happens and I have my dog with me, how will I protect my dog? Like how many bookshelves can I like, I withstand before like I collapse Uh or like how much shit can like fall on me before like the pain is too much while I'm like protecting my dog. Uh Uh, All these like emergency scenarios always involve me protecting Lucy. Right. If she's not around, I'm pretty sure I'm just going to stay exactly where I am. (laughs) And like, I have like no sense of self preservation. That's interesting. Uh, like, I, I don't, in these emergency scenarios, it's never like, how do I protect myself? It's like, how do I protect Lucy? Mm. I've never had this thought about a human being. <laughs> <laughs> I've never worried about protecting other full-grown adults in my life. Yeah. I don't have kids, so it's not like that. that's a thought I can have, but... I definitely don't know. I don't know how to react
0: to the uh, the kids part of it, but... I don't know. I just like this movie because it 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 tackles that right. Because mm-hmm. I think the mom gets a little shaken up too. You know, she thinks they're both they both they have that conversation where they're like, "I don't recognize us anymore." You know, like this this has really changed who we are, and I don't see what's
1: I don't know what's happening anymore. Yeah, it, she she's shaken, but she's more she's less shaken by the avalanche as she is by her husband's reaction to the avalanche yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah which i don't know if this was the director's intent but near the beginning th- there's a lot of like routines because they're out there for like five days so like you see frequent shots of them like brushing their teeth right and you're identifying the body language of them mm-hmm. and like that body language is sort of you know illustrating their state of mind especially towards one another right. at those points and during the first one, when it was just like them having like fun, like skiing, I used to ski a lot. I'm like, oh my god, I would kill to ski in a place like this. Yeah, it looks really awesome. But like during that like first like scene where they're brushing their teeth, I was like, that dad's kind of hot. I was like, I could I could get on board with that. I'm like that, it seems like a uh, you know something you could settle down with. But as the movie goes on and his masculinity breaks, I don't know if this was like an intention of the director. He gets uglier. <laughs> yeah the the more his masculinity is broken down that's interesting
0: i feel that way too but i didn't realize that until you're just pointing it out now so
1: and it's it's one of those things in movies where like i don't know if like the director was like make an ugly face here or like we're gonna do less makeup on you or the makeup we do put, put on you is gonna make you look you know pasty and pale or something or if it's just that the way that I'm perceiving his character at that moment mm-hmm. has changed, has changed. And that's making him less attractive. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't able to, to really identify it. Cause like I, it wasn't like they just coated him with like white makeup or something to make him look pasty. <laughs> he wasn't like
0: rubbed down with baby oil before. And <laughs> <Yeah>. then like,
1: <laughs> he wasn't bronzed they put on, like, in like, those fake earlier scabs <laughs> or something. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, just watching it, because there's, there's one scene where it's, like, when the wife pulls out her phone to, like, show exactly what happened. Yeah. And, like, the way that, like, he's frowning so much is, like, oh, he, A, he looks miserable. Yeah. Like, he's not having any part of this. But it's also, like, uh, oh, he he looks so, like, not to be shallow. Super unattractive here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he He does not look like marriage material all of a
0: sudden, so and that's that's kind of how the wife sees him after after this avalanche. She's sort of like, "What have I done with my life? Like, is this have I made the right decision?" I always thought he would be the person who would throw himself on the children in an avalanche. She's clearly not. So she's just grappling with that. She takes a day to ski, to ski by herself that next day. Mm-hmm. I think it's the next day. um. And has a moment where she's peeing in the woods by herself and just sees like a family uh, skiing and starts to cry. And she also that same day has a conversation with her friend who is in some sort of open relationship and like is struggling to just get wrap her mind around that idea, which I think. Maybe in the past, she would have just, like, written off. It's just like, oh, yeah, you do that, but I have this, and it's fine. But now she's sort of like, maybe that's what I want. Maybe
1: maybe what I've got isn't working. She seems almost sort of jealous of her friend who, like... I mean, does it state that she has, like, a husband or something? Yeah. Oh, it does? Yeah. With children. Oh, I somehow missed that. Because, yeah, she, like, meets someone on the slopes and Mm -hmm. just kind of starts up a thing. And uh, with, like, an American. Yeah um because he's He's been in something too i've seen him around uh yeah the i didn't look it up but the thing that i know him definitively from is he's the guy that kirsten dunst rapes in melancholia okay there you go um but i mean he's definitely been in other stuff but that's what i immediately placed him from Mm -hmm. but yeah like she a she's like taking this vacation alone like husband's not there on the slopes with her yeah uh meets a guy I, it also, I mean, they don't state it, but, like, you know, she looks like she's in her late 30s, early 40s. He looks like he's in his late 20s, yeah. thereabouts, so. And then she has a different guy later, so. <laughs> she's just, she's, she's having just, a great time. Yeah, she just <laughs> picks up younger guys on the slopes, like, yeah. that's a vacation, if you ask me. Yeah, I I mean, that sounds great. Yeah. Just having a good time. Also, that lodge was amazing. Like, yeah. I've gone to ski lodges around here, and they're, they're like, you know, borderline dilapidated. Like. <laughs>
0: You get the impression that this ski lodge is really high up and isolated, too. Yeah, yeah. And I actually want to talk a little bit about that because I think it plays in. Uh, so there's moments where you hear kind of the sound of the hotel creaking in the wind. Okay. Um, and then also just, like, the sound when they're on the chairs or the gondola and you hear, like, the creaking of the metal and things like that. And I think that sort of speaks to um, when faced with nature like we think we're in control of our human nature and you know that's that's shown by like building things on the top of a mountain etc when you think you're in control of that but then like it it's like nature will still push against that no matter how in control of yourself you think you are and so that's what that guy by the husband running is sort of is sort of what he's saying there he's like even though he thinks he's in control of his life and he has everything together you get you know your natural instinct is still to run when mm. faced with death. So that's kind of how I interpreted it anyway. Okay. Cause I think the setting plays an important part of this. Uh, sure. Well, you know, <laughs> and, and also just like when you're on vacation, how, when you're isolated and away from your everyday life, you really kind of see who you are. Well, they you know? say that's
1: a relationship test is whether or not you can travel with your paramour. Yeah. Uh, just cause it, puts i don't know certain aspects of the relationship at the test even though like vacation is supposed to be a relaxing getaway oftentimes like getting to that point can be taxing but yeah i don't know i've always traveled well with people so i don't know if that's a good litmus test i'm or not, so but. good at being on vacation <laughs> i should be
0: a professional vacation buddy <laughs> if anybody's hiring <laughs> i'm really good at having fun on vacation i like how they also so when you're you're, you're talking about earlier when they're when she's she finally can't take it anymore, and a, his, a buddy of his shows up who's played by some guy who's on Game of Thrones. I can't remember the name of his character, but he's a wildling. Um, but um, he comes. He's a buddy of the dad, Tomas, and they have like a little dinner party, and that's when she breaks down and has her whole talk about what, how she felt it happened. Shows oh, the phone he's on him.
1: Game of Thrones?
0: He is, yeah. He comes oh, later. He comes okay, on. okay. But um, he... Uh, fellow redhead, by the way. Yeah. Um, he... I think he's great in that he's like he's such a buddy to his friend. He he really tries hard to have his buddies back. He gives him so many outs. He's like, "Well, maybe you you heard that it's harder to dig out of an avalanche so you ran away thinking you could come and dig your family out later. Or it's like in
1: an airplane when like the hole breaches and like you're supposed to put your mask on first yeah. before putting the mask on the children. Yeah. Maybe that was the mentality you had. He gives him so many outs. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's really trying hard to like be a good friend to that guy. But at the same time you can tell that like he's, it's mostly to like save face. Yeah. he's not actually believing in himself yeah it it's really just to like keep up like the facade of this Tomas is not a coward <laughs> yeah and then I think I think it's
0: interesting because then later I don't even know what to call him tall Game of Thrones redhead guy is still having this conversation with his girlfriend who he brings up there with him. Who's like 20 and he's in his late thirties and they're up in bed, just continuing to talk about this. Mm. And I think that's an interesting view because I think we tend to see a lot, at least in American movies, the woman as the one who won't let an argument go. And so it's interesting to see a man who's like keeping the argument going. Who's still Mm. like, you need to it's it's, it's the principle at this point. You need to admit this thing to me. Like, I want you to make sure you
1: understand what I'm saying. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's it's usually the other way around. Having only been in relationships with men, men are always the one to keep the argument going. <laughs> but from what we've seen in movies in general. Well, you know, I, I put a, a cardboard box in front of the half of the screen where women are. <laughs> so I just, you know, maybe you're right. I can't tell for, <laughs> sh- for sure, though. How did you watch The Descent? (laughs) I just, you know, I put a blindfold on myself and just listen to the movie. I see. Okay. (laughs) You know, it's it's just as good.
0: (laughs) I just, uh, I thought that was a fun little twist on um, how that, how that argument normally pans out.
1: Okay. Sure.
0: I think one thing that kind of bothers me about this movie is the ending is kind of off. Like, I feel like there's three different endings. Cause well then there's the scene where he, there's like the dog pile on him, crying dog pile basically, Mm -hmm. which I feel like could be the end of the movie. kind of funny, too. It's kind of a weird Is it? I don't know. It feels like kind of dark comedy to me a little bit. Oh, I did not get that vibe. Oh, okay. Well, you could end it on that note. I was thinking... And then the next scene is them taking some gondola up, and it's their last day, and it's really snowy, and they get lost, or they lose the mom because it's so snowy. Yeah. Which I was thinking this time around, maybe she did
1: on purpose to kind of build up his self-esteem. So... I was thinking that. There's nothing that says either way. Yeah. Because, so they're skiing. The mom kind of goes missing. Like, you can hear her, but you can't see her. Right. The dad tells the kids to, like, sit still. And then they go looking, or the dad goes looking he for them. He disappears into the snow. And there's just sort of, like, this brief moment where you think, like, maybe this is how a movie ends? Yeah. Like, Papa! But then he comes back carrying the wife, like carrying her through the snow.
0: Or carrying her over the threshold
1: kind of thing, too. Yeah. Same, same way. You know, uh, damsel in distress sort of pose, though. Sure. And, like, gets her back, puts her down. And the way that he's, like, sitting there, like, he is so happy with himself. Yeah. Like, he... it, It's, you know, this sort of... Uh, it takes this gesture of masculinity in order to... Sort of an empty gesture of masculinity because he puts her down and then she like walks away. She's like, I can walk from here. She's like, I'll go get my skis now. Yeah. We don't know exactly what happened to her, but I think the implication, like the way that my my realistic brain thinks of it is that like she just got into like a big snowbank and couldn't dig herself out easily. And he got her out and carried her. It wasn't that like her legs were hurt or something like that. It was that she just got into to sort of a sticky situation and couldn't like literally dig herself out of snow. And
0: she just decided to let him have this hero moment.
1: Yeah. Or, or I mean that he probably did actually help her but that maybe the carrying her back was just his victory lap. Yeah, okay. Especially like show for the kids. So I think that that could be another place where you could end this movie. Oh, and I, even though I've seen this before, I kind of thought that's where the movie did end. Mm-hmm. Was like his masculinity had been restored through this empty gesture. But you know, if that's what it takes, then whatever. Sure,
0: he gets a little redemption. But then there's a weird uh, bus scene where like, they're, they're finally leaving the place, and they're all on the bus to leave. And it's going down this winding road, and the bus... Uh...
1: Which is pretty tense, actually. like The way that they're showing it, the POV from the bus...
0: It looks like the bus is about to go over a cliff several times. It's pretty intense. And actually, it's based on a YouTube video called like something like, Idiot Spanish Bus Driver Almost Kills Students or something like that. Um, And it looks almost that YouTube video looks almost exactly like what they filmed in the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, that, I think, is almost a redemption moment for Game of Thrones, dude, because he when he's arguing with his 20 year old girlfriend, talks about like the Lusitania, I think, Mm. sinking and how that like the people that survived that stepped over old people and children, but they survived and then they have to live with that. And he's like, I like to think I wouldn't be like that in a situation. So everybody's panicking and they're about to, like, get off the bus. And he's the one who says, Hey, 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 calm down. everybody,
1: everybody calm down, okay? Everybody calm down. Act civilized the people will get hurt, okay? One at a time, please. And let the women and the children out first. So, like, he sort of gets his moment, too. But it also shows that the mother doesn't always react well cuz she gets off that bus and leaves her kids. That's true. Yeah. Once she gets the bus driver to stop, she's off that bus. <laughs> That's true. And she does not wait for her kids. She doesn't get the kids off the bus either. Yeah. So, I I I mean, I the idea of the movie is that like there are situations that you know, we don't know how we'll react in mm-hmm. and it's different situations like in the avalanche she protected the kids. But in this bus situation where it looks like a bus, like, she's like, I'm fucking off this bus. Nope. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, she didn't wait for the kids then. It complements the previous what could have been the ending of like the father redeeming himself, at least in his own eyes. Right. With this, you know, the mother's fall from grace. And, you know, he's not at least they don't show it as him lording it over her mm-hmm. that she reacted badly in this situation. No, but He, he admits that he's been smoking. By having a cigarette in front of everyone. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like, because there was, there's that scene when he does have the breakdown and he's like saying all these things that he hates about himself that he's been hiding and lying about. Mm. And I think one of them probably was like, and I smoke, but he just didn't get around to that one. One of the ones he says though, that's really heinous is that I cheat while playing games with my children. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That's terrible. That is terrible. Anyway, but then that's how it also ends. So it's sort of like ends on a note of, I've got my masculinity back, I've got myself back, and I'm just gonna embrace this part of me, kind of. And I don't know if that's the best ending, though, either. I feel like there's three separate endings, and I don't know, I don't know. I guess I didn't realize that the mom took off without the kids on that last ending, and so that makes me kind of like that one a a little bit more.
1: I think those last two complement each other very well, but like the sort of crying breakdown to me, it just kind of seems like overkill, even though that's like the first of the three potential endings. Mm-hmm. I don't know. For some reason, I just... Uh, I don't know. May- maybe the movie's very slow. I guess we haven't talked See, about that. See, I don't
0: know. When you when you mentioned
1: that last week, I was like,
0: oh no, is this going to be... I don't remember it being so glacial. And I didn't feel that way this
1: time. We used to joke when I, when I ran a record store, when the music was slow, if you liked it, it was glacial. <laughs> if you didn't, it was slow.
0: <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I feel like Stranger by the Lake moves slower than this movie.
1: And I was just going to mention that. I feel that they move at similar paces, mm. but this has less cute boy buttholes in it. <laughs> so you don't like it as much? <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. But I do feel that they move at
0: roughly the same pace. Okay. I feel like this one, I don't know, maybe because there's more dialogue. In this one, I just feel like it moved a little faster. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember liking it the first time I saw it. And I still like it. Mm-hmm. I don't love it. Um, I like thinking about what I would do in a situation that these people are put in. And I like how it really dissects that. I don't like how it reminded me. <laughs> of... So there's a scene where just to like rub salt in the wound of dad's. Issue. On the day he's out with uh, Game of Thrones, dude, they stop and have a beer, and <laughs> this, gr- this woman comes up to them and it's like, I just came to tell you that my friend is over there.
1: She thinks that you're the most good looking man in this bar.
0: And they're like, all right, yeah, and they're feeling pretty good. And then she comes back and then she's like, I'm sorry, I just have to tell you my friend was talking
1: about someone else. So, i want to know why they felt the need to correct that <laughs> know. because it wasn't like oh my friend thinks you're the hottest people here come party with us yeah it was like oh we're just gonna let you know this like have a good day and then they come back and they correct it i'm like why was that necessary
0: yeah i thought about that too it's just maybe they were like maybe, well a maybe they were drunk and i don't know drunk people do the stupidest shit <laughs>
1: um i'll take your word for it <laughs> but uh, having never done anything stupid
0: while drunk <laughs> <laughs> uh they i don't know maybe they also were just like oh shit we don't want them to come over here when we're talking to the people we actually thought were cute mm. but that scene really hit home to me because i had a friend who was uh, several years ago i had a friend who was on the cover of the stranger for their valentine's issue and they did a girl issue and a boy issue
1: was and, it uh i seen a re- that that if it's what I'm thinking of, it was a long time ago. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's the one where they're like, she's holding a bloody heart. So she became friends with the guy at the photo shoot. Mm. And that night after the photo shoot, I think, or or shortly after, uh, we were hanging out, me and my friend, and he was with us. And I was chatting with him, just, you know, getting to know him, blah, blah, blah. And he was cute, younger than me, da, 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 da. I went to go get some drinks for the group and this woman behind me taps my shoulder and says, excuse me, I work for a modeling agency. And I just want to say and like right then and there I was like, oh, oh, oh she's talking to me. She, she wants me to be a model. She says, I'm just wondering, do you know that guy over there? Because I think he could really be a model. And I just remember turning to the mirror in the bar and like touching my face and thinking it's gone. I've lost it!
1: (laughs) So, that hurt a little bit too. Sort of tangentially related to this. Not personally, because I've never felt too old for anything. (laughs) One of the podcasts I listen to regularly, The West Wing Weekly, Mm -hmm. has a a cast member from The West Wing as a co-host. Like, you know, a la-di-da podcast. But he said that part of being an actor is just like resigning yourself to a lifetime of being like, Oh, I'm no good for that. Like, and <laughs> uh, like, like he he said that like sometimes he'll be like at home like watching a war movie and be like, oh, I wonder why I want to play a soldier. Oh, right, I'm 51. <laughs> <laughs> like that—that's just what like being an actor is—is is, like realizing that you've aged out of a whole category of acting. Yeah, unless you're um, Jenna Maroney, <laughs> <laughs> in which case you can play anything. Uh, As long as it's young. Prom queens and uh, runaways were her majors at the Florida Academy of Dramatic Tricks. (laughs) Tampa Academy of Dramatic Tricks. An academy which is on a boat, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know that rave scene? (laughs) What was that?
0: My guess is that he's just trying to show virility and like the primalness of human nature. I've never been to a
1: party like that. Have you ever been to a rave, like a proper rave? Oh, yeah. I say I never have. I'm from the 90s. (laughs) Your heyday was the 90s. I was a high
0: schooler (laughs) in the 90s. Yeah, 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 yeah and um not they weren't like that not at least not the ones i went to
1: okay
0: but um yeah it is it is weird it's a weird moment it also is so were you
1: were you one of those kids that like had like pacifiers or ring pops i
0: wasn't a candy raver (laughs) no i never got that that far into the culture but um i did drugs (laughs) Does that count? I listen to electronic music. (laughs) I mean, you still listen to electronic music. Yeah, absolutely. I just don't dress up in, you know,
1: Jenkos and... Did you just reference a jean brand that hasn't been made in 15 years? They're coming back. (laughs) I've seen people wearing them. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, good. I'll dust off my Jordache
0: jeans, too. (laughs) Maybe you'll be the trendsetter. Maybe you'll be the one to bring them back. I don't know. I didn't love this movie. I, li- I like it, but I definitely uh, just felt a little icky this time afterwards.
1: Like and you feel th- after Christmas. Yeah.
0: Just sort of like, <sighs> I wish we hadn't done this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like thinking about my shortcomings very much. Mm. And this movie definitely brought some out.
1: Mm. So Yeah, I don't have any... Good closing remarks on this movie.
0: <laughs> I don't either. Other than, uh, it's also really beautiful. I mean, like it's another one of those beautifully shot dramas, <laughs> which I
1: tend to be drawn to. Yeah, I have noticed that uh, with movies. Uh, maybe it's just that I naturally compartmentalize everything, but I have noticed that you you like your science fiction, mm-hmm. you like your cartoons. And you like your glacial dramas? <laughs> That's
0: me. I actually, yeah, I felt that a little bit going into it. Just starting, I was like, oh, fuck. I mean, have and we this does this movie before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and this does actually like have like glaciers and snow in it. So, yeah. oh, there you go. uh it is beautiful. And I used to ski pretty actively when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that I stopped was because I started having to pay for it myself. It's so expensive to ski, like start to finish like getting up there like you're you know uh you're gonna have to pay someone for gas gas mm-hmm. grass or ass some way yeah. you're gonna have to shuck it up <laughs> um the ticket itself can be expensive if you don't already have your own ski gear that can get expensive it's like another hundred dollars uh and especially because i was like right out of high school so it's like every year like i'd like get new gear uh food is expensive up there oh my god lodge food is crazy expensive yeah. Um $5. fifty for French fries? <laughs> Come on, what is this Pulp Fiction? <laughs> what is this a milkshake? <laughs> you don't put bourbon in or nothing. So I, that was really the only reason that I stopped was that I just I couldn't afford like the full round trip cost of everything. Yeah, because uh, you know I think the last time I skied was probably two thousand three, two thousand four, and it was costing me like hundred fifty bucks, like when everything was said and done. Yeah, it's a lot. And I'm like yeah for one day's worth of activity in 2003 money like you know i wasn't made of gold <laughs> but watching this movie i was like you know what they they say that like skiing is kind of like riding a bike like you you might not be as good at it mm-hmm. as you know you originally were but that you can pick it up pretty quickly i'm like oh, i kind of skiing like that looks like a lot of fun
0: as someone who hadn't skied in a good 10 years before i did the last time i did which was 10 years ago um it is like riding a bike you okay. just you just put on the skis and you immediately remember how to do it your body remembers um, and it was a lot of fun when i did it but again same thing just there's a huge barrier to entry which is money
1: barrier to entry thank you for putting it in terms that i understand <laughs>
0: But it was nice to watch people ski. Although, <laughs> God, I I never skied with
1: a helmet for fuck's sake.
0: Oh, I, is that what everybody does now?
1: Yeah. Uh. Well, after uh, what was his name, John John? One of the Kennedys died while skiing because he crashed into a tree. Same with Sonny Bono. Yeah, yeah, and those happened within a couple years of one another, if I remember correctly. But I remember when when one of the Kennedys died, like while they were like playing catch with a football. Okay while skiing down a hill and one of them crashed into a tree that suddenly like caused an uproar for like everyone to start wearing helmets. I'm sorry, but if you're playing football
0: while skiing down a mountain, that's a very privileged way to go. (laughs) And um, I'm not going to say you deserve it, but you definitely earned it.
1: Wow. You know, every time you say they were asking for it, like you get in trouble, especially when it concerns the attire that they were wearing. (laughs) I definitely remember like one year when I used to do, like the ski bus in like middle school. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to wear a helmet, and then he died. And the next year I was like, you have to wear a helmet.
0: Wow, it's probably for the best. I just I don't remember it that way.
1: Yeah, and really, like I kind of like pissed and moaned about it at first. But th- a helmet actually keeps the heat in, like, just the way that you want to. Oh, okay. And it doesn't get wet the way that most hats do. Oh, uh, yeah. So, like, after, like, a couple, like, runs up and down, I'm like, actually, this helmet's kind of nice. Mm. What if I put a thing on our Patreon
0: to get us to go skiing again?
1: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Who Give wants us to- $240 to go skiing. <laughs> Who wants
0: to hear about our ski trip that we take together? <laughs>
1: So I'm putting you on the hot seat real quick. What does force majeure mean? Well, it is a term. It's a legal
0: term. I know. Which is uh, translatable to uh, English or American. It's uh, act of God. And it's a term that um, basically exonerates any party from responsibility.
1: Right. They use it primarily in contracts to say that, like, you know, sans an act of God, you know, but, but a bit, it basically alleviates you of responsibility from fulfilling a contract right. in, in the legal world. Right. I first heard the term in an episode of the Simpsons mm. where Bart has like a little makeshift lottery in his basement where he just like puts random balls with numbers painted on them in the dryer. And, uh, what happens is like all these like heavy balls in the dryer break the dryer and then like the gas main breaks and like flames start shooting out and like they're running up the stairs out of the basement and he goes no refunds force majeure read the back of your tickets (laughs) matt
0: yes one week from today will be new year's day so i'm wondering
1: what have you got picked out for us new year's Mm mm-hmm December 31st is, is is the final chapter. January 1st is is a new beginning. Right. New blood, if you will. Takes Manhattan. In space. Oh, no. Goes to hell. I know where we're going with Are all titles to Friday the 13th entries. <laughs> okay. And in the celebration of this sort of new birth... I am choosing Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives. (sighs) All right. the, The finest of the Friday the 13th franchise and a quintessential 80s slasher flick. Now, I have a
0: confession to make. I haven't seen all of the Friday the 13th movies. Will I be able to follow this one?
1: Yeah. I mean, there may be two plot points that are important to know. One is that entries four, five, and six are all sort of connected. Okay. Number four had Crispin Glover and Corey Feldman in it. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: Wow. Crispin
1: Glover dances, and whatever he's dancing to is not the music that's on screen. (laughs) And, like, Corey Feldman, who's, like, just a babe in the movie, he's, like, ten, his character's in number five as, like, a 24-year-old. I'm like, is this supposed to take place one year later? Because <laughs> he's at least 30 years older. <laughs> I remember the fourth cover very
0: vividly. It's the one with, like, the mask and the knife through the yeah. eye. Yeah. I remember that very vividly.
1: So that that was the fourth one. Fifth one's garbage. garbage. And then the sixth one, they all star Tommy Jarvis. Okay. So Corey Feldman, who's, like, 10 in the first one, plays Tommy Jarvis. The dude from Return of the Living Dead plays Tommy Jarvis in the sixth one. Oh shit! Yeah. The one
0: who Dan abandon was like, "Let's get him naked." Yeah. Does one. he get naked in this?
1: No. Okay. I know it's a shame, but it's fine. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> but yeah, it it is uh, my favorite of these movies. So excellent. Well, I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. Me too. Let's plug our junk. Check
0: out our new website If you so choose It is
1: xratedmovies.com Like and review And subscribe on Apple Podcasts uh, Just movies. You also can reach out To us, we're on
0: Twitter At xratedmovies Also we have a Gmail account It's
1: x.rated.movies at gmail.com And follow us on Twitter At xratedmovies I thought I said that one follow us on facebook at (laughs) rated x
0: movies and you know don't let your masculinity get all tied up in survivalism (laughs) anyway it's a problem i always make (laughs) perhaps we'll see that in the movie that we're doing next week which is
1: friday Friday the 13th 13th, part part six jason lives um we'll see you all then Bye. Bye. bye